All right, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a new episode of the Don't Mind Us podcast. My name is Micah. Aiden is with me today, and we also have a very Yo. special guest with us today. He has been a good friend of mine for about four or five years now. Uh, he is probably the number one movie buff I know personally. Uh, he is a TikTok star in the movie area of the world. Mm. He is the last Jedi's knight in shining armor. Peyton, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on. Oh, dude, it's no problem. Um, it's been a while. Oh, bro, we we will get consistent recording <laughs> eventually. It's been a while. We, dude, dude, we will we will have a consistent recording schedule eventually. Let's just say that was a nice break. <laughs> yeah, winter break. Because uh, what? last episode was when like. um well considering the fact that the game awards episode never went up just because i couldn't get out in time uh, december yeah i guess like maybe early december november <laughs> november early oh yeah november forgot oh my gosh i get dude i couldn't do i couldn't get the game awards video out in time because i was just so busy that's fine. fine we were all busy i was i was working you were you were busy with school it was crazy yeah um so what, you, what have you guys been up to recently? Like, any new games? Any shows? Movies? Hmm. I, uh, I did watch the first episode of, uh, Book of Boba Fett. Um, not, not bad. Uh, I mean, decent first episode. I might wait till, like, they release the rest of them before I start watching the next one. I'm not too sure. Um, but I've also been playing a lot of Phasmophobia recently. Just because my friend group has gotten into it. And I've actually been putting more use into my PC now. Like, I barely touch my PS4. I've been playing... I've just been playing, like, Valorant and Phasmophobia. Maybe any other games, but I've, I've, I've just been trying to play solely on PC. You know, to do what I can. But maybe here and there I'll jump on my PS4, but I, I'm pretty sure I'm approaching the, the... Approaching now, finally, where I'm solely on PC. Oh, you finally seen the light. I'm proud of you. Well, I mean, I've, I've, the light's been there, but, like, I'm so... Now You're I'm, like, so embracing it. Now. I don't mind it. Because I got, like, nice mouse. I got everything. I got my everything set up. I need a bigger desk, though. But other than that, uh, like I said, I haven't been doing much, though. Other than that, it's been working. Like I said, watch Book of Boba Fett, the first episode. And I've been playing a lot of Phasmophobia. All right, all right. Uh, Peyton, what about you? Well, uh, recently, I... Uh have been pretty busy with uh, work. I work at a movie theater, so the, the holiday season is, is pretty busy, as well as, you know, the film we're talking about today uh, came out, and a few people have wanted to come see it. So I've been busy with that, and then uh, right after the busy season died down, I caught COVID. So I've, um, I'm all better now, but uh, I've been, I had just kind of been in uh, my room most of the time, quarantining and whatnot, and so I was able to start watching uh, and I know I'm late to this. Don't hate me. Game of Thrones for the first time. Um, I still have not seen it, so don't feel bad. I, I haven't either, actually. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's pretty good so far. I, I just finished uh, season three. So, and I I was able to watch a ton of different movies uh, from you know my my movie collection and whatnot that I hadn't caught up with yet. And so it was nice to have some time to catch up on on some movies I've been wanting to watch. And then once I got better. I was able to go back to the movie theater and, and catch up on some stuff that I missed while I was sick. Awesome, awesome. Um, on my end, um, n- not really any new games. Um, show-wise, um, this is going to be 
there's one show in particular that's going to be a separate episode because there there is so much to talk about. Uh, Jujutsu Kaisen, I finally watched all the way. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Oh my god, that that show was so good. But that's gonna be that's gonna have to be a separate episode. Read the manga. We'll get to that. <laughs> um, and then me and my friend group. Um, well. Me and Aiden's friend group. Aiden has been with us, though. We've been watching uh, Digimon Tamers, too. I haven't been able to catch it, but, I mean, even then, it's like, I just... Like, I love Digimon Tamers. I just been working, so every time I come home, I'm like, eh. Right. But, still a good show, though. Oh, it's still a very solid show. Um, it, mm-hmm. I mean, it has the early 2000s age to it, but, like, it's, it's a pretty solid show. Uh, it's one of those shows where, like, Dub did not do it justice back then. Oh yeah, um, that's a, that's just a Digimon dub in general. Yeah, I mean, dude, it, it's so good. Um, I, I have issues with it, but that's mainly due to two thousands writing and just age. So waiting on my vital bracelet to get here. So we're we're we're, we're not going to talk about the vital bracelet. That's an entirely different I like conversation. Never, I feel like it's never coming, bro. I I feel like mine's never coming either. Um. So anyway, today's subject. It is a movie that has made over a billion dollars within two weeks. I don't know Whoa. where it's at right now. Same question. Uh, Aiden, do you want to work on that? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take a search on All right, that. Um, Spider-Man No Way Home. How many times have we all seen it? Three times. Two times. I, I've been trying to see it a second time, but I've been looking at clips and stuff that people have leaked on like YouTube oh my or something God. to like remind myself <laughs> of it. But uh I uh I've seen it once, but I do want to see it again. It, it, it's worth this it's worth at least a second rewatch. Um, it says it's at six hundred and sixty eight million. Uh, like just in like in the, just in America? Um, I'm assuming this is America. I know it's over a billion worldwide. And then it says yeah, it leaps to 1.553 billion worldwide. Oh, yep. oh my god, that's that's crazy. Um, say one of definitely one of the the better Spider-Man movies, but has made me appreciate the other MCU Spider-Man movies. I would agree with this. that. Uh, in terms of the echelon of Spider-Man movies, um. I've came to the conclusion, and, I, and I've had to think about this. It is a 1A and 1B situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spider-Verse is 1A, and this is 1B. Okay. I would say, for me, No Way Home and Spider-Verse are tied. Because I like both movies so much, I couldn't put one up above the other. So, they're pretty much tied for me. See, I have a special relationship with Spider-Man movies because while I can acknowledge that I, I do think that, that Spider-Verse is the most flawless Spider-Man movie we've gotten, in my opinion, oh, yeah. I would say that I like Spider-Man 2 the best and then No Way Home and then Spider-Verse. That's fair. Yeah, I would say that's fair because I, I was actually having a hard time doing that recently because I was like, after I watched No Way Home, I was like, you know what? How does this rank up against Spider-Man 2? And I did rewatch Spider-Man 2 before going to see No Way Home. I, I rewatched most of the Spider-Man movies before going to see No Way Home. Up in, like, it was like a week where I was like watching them because I I hadn't seen that at that time. I hadn't seen the Amazing Spider-Man, so I you know I wasn't like those people hating on Andrew Garfield for no reason. 
you know, I was like, you know what? I haven't seen this movie. I want to see white people, you know, before No Way Home were given Andrew's movies so much, you know, so much shit. I watched them. First one wasn't bad. They're, they're, you know, I can see why some people don't like it. But but the I'd say Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man is very good. Does a good job. But I would agree that ranking them, I'd say Spider-Man 2 still up there is number one. And then, like, Spider-Verse and The Way Home are, like, right behind. So, when it comes... I'll, I'll, I'll get to that part later. Um, So, I, I, we all agree, spoiler-free-wise, we all love this yeah. movie. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I think... I think it is in the top tier of the MCU movies. I would agree. Yeah, it's probably my favorite one, honestly. I, again, there there are others that I think are are better, but I I just have a special thing with with Spider Man, you know. Oh no! I oh no! I, like, so the issue with this movie is that you cannot really talk about it without going into spoilers. <laughs> so th- this uh, yeah. this this is where we're drawing the line if if you want spoiler free we all agree this is a fantastic movie please go see it yeah i mean i guess the best you could say from what people who haven't seen what you've seen in trailers already obviously you've seen the villains in trailers you know who's in there but there are some stuff yeah you can't really go into into without spoiling i could definitely <laughs> it's like yeah uh, you know what's there, but like you, there's stuff you still don't know that's there. I could yeah. definitely say that, without spoiling, I could say that one of my problems with the movie is it ha- it does that Marvel thing where some of the humor kind of comes out of... Like, it feels like they're trying to keep the energy up with a joke every, like, five minutes, but I feel like they oh, could have yeah. slowed down. I mean, I, I feel like Marvel kind of just gets a little too far into the the humor side of things i prefer when uh the movie can take its time and and get to those emotional moments and it does it does uh honestly more so than other marvel movies do like one of my big problems with far from home was that it barely did that but this movie has a lot more of that and i think that's something shang chi did really well is taking time for the emotional scenes and then waiting for the right time to toss in some humor yeah yeah i mean i can say that with i can say that like i guess the oh, another spoiler free way you could say is that this movie feels like a spider-man movie it, if that it makes sense feels like like yeah it may have that like you know that uh marvel cookie cutter humor you know but it still gives me that feeling that i am watching a spider-man movie like far from home and homecoming were good but like this one just really felt this like it was so this feels like a complete spider-man movie this feels yeah. like a this this feels like a a classic kind of spider-man story that you you could uh see i mean the plot does get it's really grand in scale and there, there's some stuff that again like doesn't yeah. really make sense if you think about it too much but this is just one of those movies where yeah. I don't really care, you know, because at the at, at its core, it's it's really is a Spider-Man story, and then I just have a special place in my heart for those, and we'll get more into right. that. Yeah, and it's a comic book movie too, you know. If you you can't take some of these comic book movies too seriously, because yeah, some of them do have their like you know plot holes and such like that, but 
they're still very enjoyable. Yeah, right. And this is a movie that that you you watch, and it's it's cool if you're watching it for the first time with a big crowd that's also seeing it for the first time, and you all get excited when the when oh. the exciting oh things happen. Oh my god, happen. dude! I had a good crowd. Yeah, when I, I went to see it. I I saw it on opening night, and I had a very good. So these, <laughs> I I had some issues with my crowd, but other than besides the dude that was like snoring right in front of me. <laughs> story he fell asleep yes <laughs> i don't know how bro <laughs> um besides that it was a good crowd um i actually saw it this, the, apparently some of the people who was there the second time because i went to a different theater for the second uh watch through uh-huh i mean it was a better theater too because i was actually out of town but um some of them apparently still hadn't seen it before so like i got to hear their natural reactions too and it, it was a very interesting experience to see their first reactions to it. As someone who had already seen the movie. So, um, this is, I, I believe we can cut this, this spoiler free part here. Um, yep. if you don't want to be spoiled, we will see you eventually. <laughs> yeah, if you haven't seen the movie, don't stop right here. Stop listening right now. Um. As much as I want you to listen, stop listening right now if you haven't seen the movie. We, uh, we'll have a new episode eventually. It'll probably be Jujutsu Kaisen, if you like anime. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyway, spoiler time. Oh, my God. That movie was a ride, brother. Oh, man. All I gotta say is, uh, Willem Dafoe is the best MCU villain. You know, I hate the fact that you're right. He's up there. So, I'd say he's definitely up there. Yeah, I'm gonna. But we'll start from the beginning, I guess. I just wanted to right, say that because um, it's so good. Weird situation for me, right? Mm. I did not like. I I don't. It's like I didn't. I have lack of experience when it comes to both Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, as in terms of those mm. movies. But my but I grew up on, with my brother who watched the Tobey Maguire movies, so like I knew who they were. Andrew Garfield, no experience at all. That that's where I had to come in too because I had to watch his, both of it. I didn't watch I think I mean Spider Man two because I'd seen enough clips from the movie and such to like actually get a good grasp on the movie. And I just didn't feel like watching Amazing Spider Man two, but I did prefer the first one more. But I'd say Andrew Garfield embodies Spider Man pretty well. Like as a Spider Man, he's good. And I would say Toby as Peter Parker is is good as well. I would say they both uh, they're both very good at embodying different parts of Spider-Man. All right, so I guess we'll start from the beginning. Like, I mean, this movie picks up immediately where Far From Home left off. Yep, just right off the bat. Uh, J. Joe Jameson, who, by the way, is actually a JoJo. Oh no! Don't start those. Movies. I've seen those movies too many times. So I was like, don't, don't start. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. It, yeah, it does you know. It, you know, doing his normal JJ thing. Uh, Spider-Man's a menace, blah, blah, blah. You know, he, he killed Mysterio. Of course, like I said, we're picking up right after Far From Home. And uh, Spider-Man almost gets mobbed by a crowd. Uh, you see one guy jump at him. And I was like, what What are you trying to do? That's Spider-Man. <laughs> and then, like, like what is he trying to he's do? swinging around trying to get MJ out of the situation. Oh, I, I love... Tom Holland's ideas, chemistry—they're—they're—they're they're, they're fantastic. Well, it helps that they're actually dating. Well, yeah, so. 
I liked that opening <laughs> scene a lot. I liked that it kind of jumped you right into it. It's it's really tense, and then um, that that really long uh, one shot take in the apartment right after that, where it's going to all the different rooms and he's going around all the yeah. different windows. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. And then you, we get to the apartment and like we see, poor poor Happy. He he almost had the bag, dude. And it, yeah, it it didn't work out, but it it he was making schmooze. He was making schmooze. He, he was making schmooze. It didn't work out, but unfortunately, we don't have time for that because we have a kind of a bigger situation. It's called uh, Peter Parker being a menace, apparently. Yup, he killed Mysterio, bro. Like Peter's trying to like divert the entire situation, and then you just see the helicopter outside. Yeah, on the TV. <laughs> yeah, on the TV, and you see that like on the right side of the apartment building. That's funny. And then apparently, it, okay, so this, the Department for Damage Control knew, or like, has it always been in the MCU? I think it might have been new in this movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, considering like what happened with like the Avengers, I'm assuming they probably developed that them as like a way to deal with like things like this I, I i guess but anyway everyone gets arrested they take pictures of the house whatever um everyone did surprisingly well it being doing interrogation besides ned poor ned right um the dude interrogating everyone knew surprisingly a lot for real, I was like, what? how much do you know? <laughs> well, my thing is, how did he know Nick Fury was off-world? Yeah, that is weird. I think every... I, I feel like the... Is it, I don't know if that's, like, common knowledge now. It's like, yeah, like, how does he know that Nick Fury's off-world? Well, Unless it's just, like, they tell, like, the people who... They're... Like, uh, the police well, and stuff no, like that, maybe. Uh, like, everyone's supposed to think Nick Fury's dead. No, 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 no. They, they're just supposed to... Are Are they? Because he, because like, I, I think people think he's supposed to be dead after Winter Soldier. Uh, no, actually, I'm not sure, so. but because you gotta remember, he still popped up after, you know, Winter Soldier and everything. Right, but, but I mean, in terms of, like general knowledge, I don't know. He was driving around New York in uh, Infinity War, at the in the post credit scene. Yeah. Also, um, so there there is a theory that that I think is quite good that um oh, the only time yeah. we've actually seen nick fury like the real nick fury is in captain marvel and the rest of the time he's been uh, a scroll so he basically after captain marvel he knows that there are a lot of threats in the uh throughout the universe to earth and so what he does is he he stays up in a ship to stop incoming threats but he knows some are going to slip through so he has talos pretend to be him and set up a ground team, the Avengers, to defend Earth, when uh, from people that actually make it there. Right, and we'll see more of this real Nick Fury doing Secret Invasion. Yeah, yeah I've seen that 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 uh, that theory a lot, and I'm I, I actually it made me it did generally make me think. I was like, wait, hold on. Yeah, <laughs> I was like that. Yeah, everything kind of connects a little bit. All right, so everyone gets interrogated. Ned spills the beans the worst. Because he got coaxed into doing it, poor Ned. Unfortunate. Um, 
But then we find out that they need a really good lawyer. Oh man, this was nice to see. This is this my theater uh popped Oh god, scene. dude. Char- Charlie Cox. I was really surprised. Daredevil. I was really surprised because a few days before the movie came out, Kevin Feige was like, Yeah, if we have Daredevil in the MCU, it's gonna be Charlie Cox. It'll be Charlie and Cox. And then Charlie Cox is in the movie. Yeah. I also like there was a lot of theories about it, but I just thought it's too much. You know, you can't put it all in there, but they they just threw him in for a little cameo, and I thought I thought it worked. Yeah, it, yeah, it works perfectly, right? Because oh, oh my, God. especially if you think about like Peter and May's situation, like they're not obviously the richest people, so to have a pro bono lawyer like Matt Murdock come in and help you, it, it fits perfectly. And the fact that Matt Murdock is also just a really good lawyer. <laughs> oh yeah, that. I, I did like that, like, little, uh, I guess you could say sneak peek into, so, like, even if people who don't know who he is, sneak peek in what he can the, do when that, that person threw that brick into into the apartment. He Peter, caught it, Peter like, was going to catch it. Yeah. That's... Oh, yeah, Peter, yeah, was going to catch it. Because <laughs> I feel like, I feel like his fire sense went off, like, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely did. He was going to catch it. Matt catches it. <laughs> I think, it, was it Happy that asked how, do you, how he caught that? Yeah. Easily. Which is also a good callback, too, because John Favreau was in the, the the Daredevil movie back in, what what year was that? Like, like 06, something like that? Oh, I feel like it was, like, like earlier, but, yeah, he was in that movie as, uh, uh, yeah, no, uh, what was his name? Nelson? Um, yes, Nelson, uh, with, uh, Ben Affleck. So it's a nice callback, I guess, to have them both in the same room. 2003. Again, just three jeez oh okay. dude i i love daredevil that was one of my favorite shows very good show very good show and so slight hawkeye spoilers for like the end of the show um kingpin's in the mcu too mm-hmm. um oh my god i i i'm, I'm so excited Oh, yeah, like I think they're setting up for the next phase pretty pretty well. I say we have a lot of like newer characters coming too with like She-Hulk, Indeed. Moon Knight, Blade eventually. As long as I get Luke Cage eventually, I'll be happy. All right, so Matt clears Peter's name. You you didn't kill Mysterio. Happy, you're kind of tied to Stark. I'm sorry, you're getting an actual lawyer. Uh, so you know you know peter's first day of senior year of high school first of all i i hate senior year so i understand the situation what but what were you gonna say oh no sorry oh no i was just gonna say like it's senior year for peter now uh, MJ and Ned. The janitor's a little the janitor's an asshole bro he's a conspiracy that's the uh that's the coach Oh, the coach. Yeah, I thought he was the janitor for some reason. But yeah, the coach, he, <laughs> he kills me. He was funny, but I'm like, hey, man, give Peter a break. <laughs> He's on. a conspiracy theorist. They even made him a little, like, shrine right there. I love the the, uh, the guy who throws the paint onto Peter's suit and just how long that that, that lasts in the movie. It allows us to see the, the like, cool inside-out suit for that one fight. Um, yeah. But oh, yeah. But also the... Uh, 
the the scene was cut short so it was supposed to be a scene where there's a robber played by tom holland's real life brother and that yeah. uh spider-man catches him and then right after that someone throws a bucket of paint on him but i think they just cut it short to where it's just the the little like iphone probably. footage probably I remember seeing that suit for the first time, the Inside Out suit. I'm like, oh, wow, what is this new suit? And then watching the movie, I'm like, oh, it's just the same suit, just Inside Out. Yeah, but that means there's, like, paint on his face, like, on the inside. It's kind of... That that, that, that sucks. Right? But I love how, like, the teacher's like, you can can climb on the, like, walls, ceiling, it's okay. (laughs) Right? But, I mean, then we also see how him being Spider-Man affects his friends, too. Because, you know, they're all... Him, Ned, and uh, MJ are trying to get into MIT. MIT, yeah. Um, and we see that, you know, they're denied because they are friends with Peter. Obviously, which, Spider-Man. Which, the MIT part, which is a little interesting, because Tony said if Peter wanted to go to MIT, just ask him and he can probably get him in. I like that he now oh, yeah. has to figure That's it out cool. on his own, though. I, I really Yeah. Do. I think that right. it's really cool that his whole motivation for going to strange is pretty much just to like get him and his friends into mit like it's it's not exactly the most selfless thing in the world even though he does frame it as oh it's it's not about me it's just about them but then he tries to kind of pick and choose and he's like well no this person can know and that person can know and it's like strange says the problem is is that you're he's basically trying to uh beggars can't be choosers really you know and that's been this version of peter parker one of my big problems with him is he just seems to have a lot more than the other uh versions we've seen and so i really like that this movie kind of takes him down a a peg there yeah like he's trying to pick and choose like like strange saying who he wants to be and he's not finding that correct balance of Peter Parker, Spider-Man, or in general, he's not, like, getting the point. Um, I do like, if we're gonna go straight to Doctor Strange, that by technicality, Wong is the Sorcerer Supreme. He deserves it more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because he got blipped. He deserves it more. Strange got... Wong's Wong better. <laughs> I you mean he, I'm just telling you could, I, yeah I'm just telling you right now Wong knew how to take out Thanos and he <laughs> Wong cut off that dude's hand in like the first ten minutes of Infinity War. Why if you would have done that again, Strange didn't think of that. You wouldn't have a problem. Strange did not think of that. Could have done that to Thanos easy with the gauntlet. Right? Uh, see, no one thought the of is, that. No one the thought issue of Strange is that he does not do smarter, not harder. Yeah. Also, the fact that Wong survived means he probably went to Tony's wedding. Wong solos. Probably. Yeah. Wong probably sang some karaoke there, too. Oh, probably. Right? (laughs) Oh, God. Shout out to Wong. Um, Also, Ned's like, my my nana says we could do magic. Oh, yeah. It's just we have, like, ancestors who do magic and stuff. Do you get tingling in your fingers? Yeah. yeah. You should probably go see but a obviously, doctor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but obviously, uh, straight, you know, during that spell, of course, 
uh, like you said before, Peter, you know, flex it up. Because honestly, he could have just said, hey, just let this person, this person know. And, you know, everything would have been fine. But Peter, being who he is, was like, no, this person has to know, this person has to know. Everybody has to know. And he almost, almost actually fucks up the spell. Um, and But Strange contains it, you know, gives him the whole spiel on uh, being, you know, Peter Parker and Spider-Man. Well I, I just really love that, too. It's, like, from the entire first half of this movie, yeah. which, I mean, one of my problems with it is that the first half on rewatch is a little bit slower than the rest, but um, yeah. it, Peter, you know, tries to take the easy way out of, like, everything. He's He doesn't get into MIT. He doesn't think to go talk to the person. He thinks, I'm just going to use magic. That I have powerful funny. friends. I can do this. <laughs> Strange tells him that, too. He says, did you think of talking to the you know the admissions he's person. like wait i can do that well he didn't think of that because he's too <laughs> wrapped up in his own head of of having friends yeah. with superpowers and with magic who can who can fix yeah, the exactly. problem for him and that's really his fatal flaw in the first two movies and in the first half of this movie and i love that that his whole arc here is um is to kind of shake that off and especially aunt may oh, yeah. it's until aunt may tells him no peter this is your problem you need to do the right thing I, yeah, he, he he stops relying on his friends with, you know, superpower stuff. He needs to realize that he's taking it to his own hands. Well, sometimes. also, he, he I, just doesn't take the easy solution. Yeah. I mean, the best Spider-Man stories to me are when there yeah. is an easy solution, but Peter Parker chooses not to take oh, yeah. uh, the easy way out because he wants to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. As in, this movie has a very easy solution, but he never goes right. for he it. He could have just uh, used the box, and it would have been fine. Yeah, but he wants to do the the right thing, and that's where uh, I guess things yeah, get out and of control. It, it's not because it's not because it's likely to happen. It's not because it's likely to work. It's because it's possible. He just knows that there's a one yeah. percent chance, and that's enough. And he and he'll take it. Yeah, as long as there's a way or there's a possibility. Yeah, I found it. that really inspiring because it's like, and this, this is one of the reasons I, re- I really love Spider-Man stories and I really love Peter Parker and I love hmm. this movie, it, you know, despite the flaws, it's, it's just that sort of reminder that e- even, you know, in, in the real world, it, it's becoming increasingly harder to see why doing the right thing is worth it, but, but Spider-Man's always served as that kind of reminder, for me at least. Oh yeah, 100%, I agree on that. Alright, so... Uh, Peter kind of broke the multiverse. Well, we really don't know who actually broke the multiverse. Um, oh, multiverse is screwed up. We have these entities from other universes who knows Peter Parker is Spider-Man running around now. And so, Peter, after that, he's like, whatever. I gotta f- figure out how to get into MIT. Yeah. Uh, he tracks down the admissions, uh, the admissions person um and they're actually on their way to the airport so you know he swings over there i'm assuming back to massachusetts yeah he's he's you know, swings over there back in spider-man costume finds her car um lets her know what's happening when suddenly Every- peter P- peter tingle goes off peter tingle yeah the spider sense goes off and i uh, sense something's not right something's coming everyone so you trying to tell everyone to get out yep uh, jumps on the car, you know, ready to swing into action, and uh, we're met with an old villain, an old an old pal, I would say, of mine, because I would say I, I love Toby's films. 
uh, we get uh, Doc Ock appearing on the, uh, the, hi- the, in- the highway, I guess you could say. Hello, Peter. I love that fight. Yeah, with the... That fight is so good. And uh, Doc Ock thinking, obviously, this Peter is uh, Toby, you know, it, you know, telling him, hey, what's up, you know, it's been a while. Someone uh, yeah. asked him where his machine was. Yeah, I said, where's my machine, dude? And if obviously if you watch the Spider-Man 2, you know which machine he's talking about, which was, uh, I forgot what it was called exactly, but it was like, you know, kind of like, you know, kind of like harness the sun's power, etc., to kind of get that, like, you know, uh, that type of power going uh, on, and ask yes, Peter what it is. Obviously, this Peter doesn't know what he's talking about. He's a little confused. <laughs> I mean, obviously. And so, like, honestly, Auk is kind of, like, tossing Peter around. I mean, they, for the most part. They do tussle a little bit, but yeah, if, if he didn't have the uh, the nanotech, definitely could have taken him out. Oh, yeah. 100%. And, I mean, Peter was also kind of confused, so, like, I, he was kind of thrown off, I guess. But, like, you see... Oh, God, was it after... It was after he he got knocked off that he brought, like, the spider legs. Yeah, he, he brought those up. Uh, and, and of course, Oct- Octavius says, I, I should have killed your little girlfriend when I had the chance. And that, that sets Peter off because, of obviously, course- he doesn't know which MJ he's talking about. Right, that's that sets off the that sets off the MJ button. Uh, never do that. Um, I actually don't ever touch any loved one buttons for Spider Man. Um, that, but no, like so, Peter starts actually going on Doc Ock, and then just after some confusion, Doc Ock probably pins Toby to not Toby, <laughs> Tom to the wall. And unmasks Peter. He realizes that it, like it's not the same Peter. And God, I think for that one shot, Tom was hanging down for like thirteen hours one day. I think is what I, I think saw. If it was thirteen hours, I think he would have died. Well, it was like um, yeah, it was a long time. Just for that one shot. Yeah, and um, his brother Harry too. When when he filmed the scene that eventually got cut, was also hanging upside down for a long time, and and then uh, basically he told Tom, yeah. he's like, "All right, yeah, I can see how your job is kind of hard." Because before that, he was like, "Oh, you're Spider Man, you can't complain about your job." Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, and then Pete and like. Peter finally saves the Dean of the Missions after using Stark technology to gain control of, the, of Doc Ock's arms. Which that's after... I didn't realize that Doc Ock could steal like, the nanotechnology. Well, I don't think he stole it. I think it's just the suit's protection. I think function. the suit just uh, is able to... I guess attached to other technology. I don't know. It's a comic book movie, yeah. and and it it's a comic it just book needs movie. to happen so that we can have Doc Ock be um, docile for for the rest of um, the middle act, so yeah. that you know he can fix the villains. I guess. Right. I mean, I mean, at least he yeah. does give Peter credit. He's like, huh? Nanotechnology, not bad, not bad at all. And he uh he you know wraps him up with his own arms, which I I think that's uh, kind of clever. 
Yeah, and right as, you know, he's about to do something with him, he senses another, you know, well, presence no, he, again. He says Dean. Dean says, I'll get you oh, an yeah, MIT. Yeah. And, again, the spider sense goes off uh, once more. And, uh... You see a bomb. see a pumpkin bomb drop. And, uh, it's none other than, uh, Green Goblin, uh, appearing on the, on the highway. Uh, about to attack Peter, zoom in on him, and, uh, Strange teleports him out of there. And next thing you know, we're in our wizard's dungeon. Which I think is, yep. is really cool, but also extremely convenient because how many i mean these are just the kind of questions i have about this movie it's like how did they know exactly how many villains slipped through how did they know how many cages to have like is it just a convenient amount of cages that they have in that room for other things that they're using for the villains i don't know um i feel like it's just i mean they they even put like a tree in there so yeah which I, I which i find kind of interesting because i didn't think about what would happen if peter missed what would happen yeah i mean that's... and so he he misses it hits a tree tree goes into the cage that's very interesting <laughs> um and and that's where we meet electro as well well yeah because peter goes uh, out hunting for the villains uh, yeah because Doctor Strange said, please, can we do this shit? Yeah. And, uh, I know there is also a scene, also, we see of Norman, uh, Norman, uh, you know, just arriving world, hiding the glider and everything, uh, and, of course, breaking the goblin mask and running off. Trying to, like, just get himself away from it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that definitely would mess with him, considering he already has a lot of problems. Yeah, he's already mentally insane so him being in another in another world that's probably even worse for him well see and before that you get the scene with strange peter and ock just trying to explain what's going on and doc ock's like that's either norman that's a that's not that's either not norman or you're fighting a ghost yeah, because he, which is weird because that's another thing I guess you can say another like little whole movie that goes back because I didn't know people in Toby's universe knew that Norman was the Green God. Well, because they uh, they were alive after Norman died, so then that was revealed yeah. later. So I'm pretty sure. So I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So I'm okay. Then I'm assuming then they probably found his body. He's in the suit, obviously, and then they're like, oh. Wow. Okay, he was a Green Goblin, and probably was on the news and in, in that universe after you know after. Right, and the same thing with Doc Ock too. What I do find a little strange yeah. though is that Sandman in this movie explains that Norman was impaled by the glider that he flies around on. However, in the Toby mo- yeah. movies, um, Harry didn't know that until the third film, when he finds that out, which yeah. is just you know it's kind of a dumb. Uh, plot beat there a little inconsistency. Uh, but i do like in the uh, in the editor's cut of spider-man 3 that scene doesn't happen where the uh butler comes out and tells him that because i do think it's really dumb yeah. and i think that it actually works better if harry decides to forgive peter on his own still thinking that he was involved in the death of his father because the whole theme of spider-man 3 yeah. is forgiveness and i think that that works way better 
then of course we have yeah Sandman there, but obviously we don't have the actual actor there because I believe there were complications with him them being on set. Same thing for Lizzie. Yeah, so they they reused some um, footage when they have to show their human forms. Yeah, they, yeah, they reused some footage, and then that's why Sandman's just in his sand, like looking like in his sand form all the time. Same thing for Lizard. Why Lizard's always just a lizard. I say then, yeah, you get the electro fight with Sandman. I like the idea. There's like just pull the cable, and you like pull the cable and you win. Well, I think he shot back some of his energy towards him as well, just like what uh, uh, Andrew did in the Amazing Spider-Man. What's interesting is that. Um... So the, this is another thing that people talk about is that Electro doesn't actually know that Peter is Spider-Man at the time of his death in Amazing Spider-Man 2. So why was he pulled in? Um, but that's one of those things where I think he doesn't know exactly like Peter Parker, who Peter Parker is, but he knows Peter Parker's energy like because he sees things in like energy and electricity. He knows Peter Parker's energy yeah. matches that of Spider-Man. But he doesn't really care, you know, because he wouldn't have beef with peter parker so he's really just knows the i guess equivalent energy to spider-man would be this kid which would make sense yeah so it, it is a little bit interesting um as in then after as in then after the fight at the like the i guess the forests yeah I said it was like a forest, like like. Yeah. I, I really liked the Power. the set piece. Like it was a really cool uh, atmosphere to do that fight in. Oh no, it was it was a really good atmosphere, and I like as well as Electro Steam playing too from the Amazing Spider Man was also very good. Like I also liked the suit that was going on during that too, and I didn't notice until after like the second watch through. Besides the actual POV inside, like the suit, you can see MJ and Ned on the like on the camera as he's just swinging around like in third person. Oh yeah! Uh, oh yeah! Let's see how they how he swings around. Right. So they're like, and they're asking like, how did you do it? Like this. <laughs> I don't well, know. But how also, you do like this. when you're not in like the first person point of view, you see MJ and Ned on the suit. Yeah. But, but um I think he then um he then captures, he captures Electro with the magic web shooter missing. I guess you can call it. And he does the same thing for Sandman. Well Sandman's about to kill Peter. Well yeah, because he's like, Oh, what'd you do to what'd you do to Electro? Blah blah blah. And he's like, Alright, whoop, whoop, hits him with that. And they go back to the, the dungeon where Strange now comes back with a the box, I mean, it's called the Avracadavis or something like that. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, tells them what it does to send them back to their dimensions uh, or their their universe with the uh, press of a button, you know, with the press of a button and set them, you know, pretty much back in where they should be. Uh, Peter realizes though, because after what you know, uh, Octavius told them that some of these guys die if they get sent back, they're just gonna die again. And you know, remembering what his his aunt said, I'm pretty sure in the the food kitchen, which we uh, we talk about that much, but you know where he gets Norman and the food kitchen, and his you know aunt tells him you know do the right thing, and so he doesn't want any of these guys to die, so he yoinks the cube away from uh, from Strange and tries to escape with it. 
which creates a very interesting fight scene. I actually like that scene a lot. I actually like the the strange uh, uh, Peter fight. It was very uh, fun. I, I thought it was awesome. Say. Yeah, the probably sorry. the score uh, is really good in that fight. I, I love especially when he hits into the mm-hmm. mirror dimension. And also, there's a little Easter egg that I noticed that I didn't. Uh, I, I don't hear people talk about when Strange turns a corner in that fight. There's a magazine stand, and on the magazines is Liz from Spider-Man: Homecoming. Oh yeah, interesting. It's like you can miss it. It's a, it's a very small Easter egg. Um, I think my favorite thing about that entire fight is that when Strange pushes Peter out of his body, Spider Sense is still there. Oh yeah, Spider Sense is still yeah. there, which is funny. To me, it was like what was his last thought before he got pushed out was to keep the box away from Strange. So maybe that's why that happened. And I, I also love that it kind of like it kind of calls back to Spider Verse. You can see the little like squiggles next to his head if you look really closely. Oh um, yeah. yeah. Which I think that's from the comics, not just Spider Verse. But Spider Verse is the only time it's been used in a movie, I believe. Yeah, and he's sitting there moving his arm around, quick as avoiding Strange from grabbing it. It was funny. Um, but also Peter using his head to actually outsmart Doctor Strange and like figuring out how the mirror dimension works. Yeah, he said it was. Uh, I think he said it was like simple geometry, right? Uh, the thing about it, yeah. Yeah, so he, you know, Peter uses his brain, his smart little brain, like he does, and uh, webs up Strange uh, above the Grand Canyon for hours. <laughs> and uh, yeah, for hours, is able to escape the mirror dimension and uh, as well with the box and uh, say and try to save uh, the other people, uh, the other. That is now his mission from dying. Telling yeah. you, man. So now he's trying to find uh, a cure to, like, I guess, cure each of them of their powers, etc. So he can send them back without them dying. And it's like, as I guess, like, so it's like it's just never happened that they became villains, etc. And of course, after that, you have well, Peter's explaining, like, hey, I want to try and save you guys, but he's trying to figure out how. And, and then, of course, you get the classic Norman Osborn line. You know, I'm something of a scientist myself. <laughs> My theater laughed at that. I was like, I'm glad people do the meme. Yeah, well, <laughs> I first saw this um, kind of just with, like, kind of just with my friends in like a, because i i saw it uh in a not too packed theater and it was just people that i really like knew and nobody got it <laughs> like oh, i was the only one that thought it was funny my girlfriend was next to me and i was like that's the line from spider-man <laughs> he said the thing <laughs> But then the, the second the time I Come saw on, it, man. it was like a packed theater, and everyone <laughs> everyone cheered at that. So. Oh god, that, but, uh, that's, that was the same reaction I had. I, yeah, so it, I guess yeah, he's Norman's helping him, like you know, get the cure and everything for everybody, like you know, trying to get a cure for the goblins, uh, you know, the goblin serum, uh, cure for Octavius's uh, arms, you know, controlling him, the Electro's power, Sandman's, you know lizards and i like how peter's react uh, i love how peter's idea for the power solution thing yeah the little power really boils down to an arc reactor kind of 
Yeah. And then also, he's able to cure, I guess you could say cure. Um, of course, you know, Octavius has arms sent to him, but now he has full control of uh, said arms. He's able to, uh, uh, what is it, fix the inhibitor chip on the back of his neck. Right, and like Norman was working with Peter on that chip, and he was genuinely proud of Peter. Yeah, no, I mean, Norman Osborn is, he's messed up, but he, he definitely just has like kind of two sides to him. Yeah. And at the end of the day, he's also, yeah, like he says, a scientist. <laughs> so, you know, with Peter, you know, working like that, he, I think he also offered him a job uh, at Oscorp. As Oscorp. He said, you know, there was an Oscorp. Universe. Yeah, he said, if, you know, if there's an Oscorp here or something like that, you know, I would no, offer No, you he's a job. like, if you don't mind doing a you know, universal hopping commute. Yeah. He's like, you know, I'd like you to work at Oscorp. Oh, my God. Uh, and, then, and then all of a sudden, you know, while he's working on it, you already know the scene, though. Oh. God, that this scene. That scene is so good. I love that scene so the, much. That scene has actually become a TikTok trend. Yeah, and as you hear the, you know, so all of a sudden Peter's sense goes off. Oh no, it, it, it's, it's not just going off; it's going. But it's like you hear this ringing, and I like that ringing sound that goes with it because you're kind of like it makes you feel like you're in his head too. Like, whoa, what's happening? And like he's looking around, trying to figure out what it is. Yeah, I I like that. There's that scene where where he webs Norman to the wall, and Norman has that that monologue about like, uh, did you? Yeah, like, sense. did you really think I was gonna let that happen? Uh, and it's it's such a good scene, but there's so many cutbacks to like different characters. I think it would have been better if if they'd like focused on on Norman, uh, and and someone else said this, and I just agree, like. If they had just focused on Norman's yeah. face the whole time, I feel like, one, you'd get more out of Willem Dafoe's performance, but also just, it would have been enhanced. Like, it would have made the scene really creepy to just keep on Norman's face the whole time that he was talking. Even when other right. characters are, are talking, like, I think Electra at one point is like, what the hell? Um, but you just hear it in the background. Yeah. You just keep on his face. I think yeah. it would have been really chilling to see that. Yeah, that, that definitely that line just was funny. Just Norman's on sabbatical, honey. See, I, I one thing I want to give this movie and like a lot of props for it, mainly William Defoe, is the fact he didn't want to just be a cameo. Oh yeah, he wanted to do the stunts and everything. I feel like that one decision helped this movie a lot because. William Defoe is incredible, and you you see that really start to shine here. Oh yeah, this is like big the big scene, and the entire Peter versus Goblin fight. Well, round one anyway. Yeah, this is like where after that, uh, pretty much Electro takes off the. The power dampener, right as it's about to finish, you know, Yeet, he does his own thing. Arc, yeets the arc reactor. I'm, that was, like, on the machine, I'm pretty sure. And he just dips. Mm. And then Sandman dips as well. And Lizard, obviously, he was in the truck. He also dips. Also, no, J. Jumbo Jameson's following him the entire time. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think this is really just the point where the whole plan bla uh, backfires. And on Peter, yeah, yeah, and of course this leads to one of the saddest scenes in the movie. Oh, uh, oh yeah. So 
I, I like how before we get there, we have the the Goblin versus Peter fight, and Goblin is challenging Peter's ideas the entire time while just beating the hell out of him. Yeah, hits him with the strong enough to have it all, too weak to take it. Yes. And and he power bombs him through <laughs> through floors. <laughs> the whole complex. I honestly yeah. think that. Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin is, is so good at challenging Peter Parker's ideals that I feel like Tom Holland's version of the character really needed that for this movie to work. Yeah. And I I feel like Kevin Feige was just like, there's no way we're going to get anyone better than Willem Dafoe, so we have to bring him back. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it, and it works so well. And, like, Peter's trying to fight back. He really is... Uh, May ends up saving him, of course, uh, hitting uh, Goblin with the serum. Goblin the, with the serum. Obviously, it doesn't work because it's incomplete. Uh, and uh, you know, as she tries to, I guess, do something. At least she was trying. You she know? was trying. I will give her props for that. Yeah, she gets hit with the glider, which I'm pretty much was like, that's it. She she can't be up after that. That glider hit her as hard as can be. And like, and I think that. Oh my god, that that I think that was the thing that did it in. I don't think it was the bomb that he threw. It, and I he, Goblin knew what he was doing too. I think he I forgot what he said before he threw the bomb and he looked at May's direction and tossed it. God, um, I wish I remembered it cuz it was so good and it and it, it it was very impactful on Peter. Yeah. And he was able to block the bomb. Uh as he t- he took the brunt of it. Yeah, he took pretty much the whole brunt of it. Um, and, of course, he finds... Uh, May find, or May actually finds him. She's standing up, surprisingly. Uh, but as soon as she finds Peter, knowing that he's safe, she collapses and... And Peter's freaking um, out. Yeah, and she, of course... And this is where we, for the first time we hear it in the MCU, she gives him with the with great power comes great responsibility line. No, no, not only just that, it's the first time in any of the movies it is quoted correctly. Yeah. And she tells him that, and I like the idea that she, in this instance, she's the one that kind of gives him that line. Because um, we don't know MCU Uncle Ben. We, yeah, and we I think, know MCU Aunt May. I think MCU, I think Uncle Ben is in the MCU, but I just think that when he died, he wasn't able to give Peter that, that, you know, that speech of of great power comes great responsibility. So I think May, obviously in this case, is the one to give it to him because she's there and, you know, in his dying moments and she knows he's Spider-Man. I would actually disagree. I think Uncle Ben either, I mean, we've seen his initials. But I don't mm-hmm. think he actually yeah. exists in the way we think he does. I think what happened probably is that the MCU, when they wanted to add Spider-Man, they looked at what we had seen in the past Spider-Man movies and how everyone says, oh, we've seen Uncle Ben die so many times, right? I think they yeah. just kind of cut to the chase, and Aunt May is his Uncle Ben, like... I, I think it's really right. cool that, that Spider-Man essentially has a single mother in this one. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too, because like a lot of people were saying May, you know, May raised Peter by herself, and I, I see that, that theory, too, and I'm like, that makes sense, too, because, like I said, we don't see anything about Ben, I mean, and you, like, really, you see, like, his... You see his initials on, on his really briefcase, 
but it's just it didn't seem as important to peter as it as it was in the other movies right and we don't know the full capacity of it but like from the zombies episode what if we do know uncle ben does exist but we don't know it's what capacity yeah i mean he does have a like a there's this moment where he's talking to the other two spider-man and he says uh with great power comes great responsibility and and they have this moment of of realization where they say oh uncle ben said that the day he died and so they're they all kind of realize they have this connection you know their loved one died died saying those words and and that's why toby says maybe she didn't die for nothing you know maybe this is just an important part and that's what i ultimately think this is is this trilogy is really just an origin story for this version of peter parker it's kind of crazy exactly i mean that's that's why i would say i have so much love now for like the previous movies because it's and you think about it it's just set up its origin story and now and then you know it's leading up to him becoming truly spider-man right and so funny enough um i actually got accidentally spoiled on it on Aunt may's death before i went to go see the movie oh man no it, it was a complete accident like my friend was joking Mm-hmm. Like I like I said in my our old friend Discord, I'm like, hey, I'm gonna go see Spider Man. And my friend jokingly says Aunt May dies, LOL. I'm like, probably I mean like I doubt it. But there was this back mm-hmm. thought in the back of my mind. Cause when I went to go see Force Awakens for the first time, a friend of mine said Han died. And I and I thought he was joking back then. No, this was a different friend. So I got mad when we found out that Han dying was actually real. And I'm like, oh, wait, what if Aunt May actually does die in this movie? It, that, that, after that, it leads to a very good scene. I think it's also one of my another one of my favorite scenes with Peter standing in front of the billboard with uh, Jonah talking about what happened. Uh, and he's... That actually was very sad, too. Just him where, seeing him wherever Spider-Man what, goes, Calamity follows. And then I, I just like that, you know, him sitting there realizing that he he messed up. Like, he, he failed uh, at first, and he looks like he's just given up. Like, that scene just really hurts me, like, watching it. It's so good. But I think that there's even, like, before the other two Spider-Man show up, I think there's also a part of Peter yeah. that actually hasn't given up deep down. Because if he did, he oh, would yeah. have texted MJ and told her to press the button. Yeah. yeah i think he like i mean he even you know th- this is kind of how peter parker is with uncle ben in the other movies it's like uncle ben gave him those those final words and that's kind of the philosophy that he carries with himself and in this case aunt may even after uh failing at doing the right thing told him he did the right thing and that's why he continues to try and do it um and so I think going forward, this version of Spider-Man is always going to have that on his conscience of like, I have to try and do the right thing because that's what Aunt May stood for. And that gives him an entirely new bit of a motivation. Yeah. And no, and I mean, this man at this point, he is hurting so much. Yep. Um. You know, then of course after that we get to oh, we, Ned and MJ after that at, at Ned's house, mm-hmm. at, or his grandma's house. I think. Yeah, like his grandma's house. Yeah, and like at this point Ned yeah. has no early in the movie. Ned was able to eat Doctor Strange's ring, 
Yeah, he grabbed his ring, and um, I guess he was talking. He was sitting there. He's like, "Man, I wish Peter was here." And he sees a spark of the portal, you know, almost opening. And so they're and like, so obviously, "Try it again." Yeah, and he does it again. Obviously, the portal opens, and you see Peter and the Spider-Man outfit in an alley, and they're telling him, "Hey, you know, come into the portal." Da da da. And as he jumps through, obviously, you can tell the difference of the suit. See him jump through. Uh, you see Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. And, of course, he takes off the mask. Everybody goes crazy in my theater when that happened. They're like, oh, you know, because it's Andrew Garfield. Yeah, everyone in my theater goes crazy, too. Uh, you know, initially, I couldn't tell. Mainly, mainly it's, it's a vision thing. Yeah. But, like, once he jumps through the portal, you'll see, yeah. you can see the difference yeah. in the suit. And uh, he goes crazy. He goes crazy. They're like, what? You're not, you know, Peter. He's like, well, I am. But, you know. And, you know, they're telling him to prove that he's Peter. He's like, well, I don't, you know, have an ID on me, et cetera, you know. The cow ruins all the secret blah, blah. Idea, anything. Yeah, and they test him, you know, sticks to the ceiling, he does his thing, you know, he cleans out the cobweb in the corner because then his grandma asked. <laughs> and uh, I guess they do it again to see if they can get their Peter. But when they do it again, this time, totally See, this, comes this is through. when my entire theater went ballistic over. Yeah, Toby comes through. And uh, obviously he's not in his Spider-Man suit like Andrew is, and they have little web battle or something uh, like that bro toby reminded me of like blues clues steve the way he dressed <laughs> cool youth pastor yeah youth, youth yeah, pastor cool youth peter pastor. um you know then they talk about their peter and both peters talk about how what their favorite place was to hang out when they're you know when they're you know thinking of like either when they're in a bad time or their favorite place etc to hang out uh i think andrew says the chrysler building yeah, andrew says chrysler building Tom said, not Tom, Toby says uh, Empire State. Yep. And then that, that gets MJ to remember where they were sitting last time on top of the building. On top of the school. Yeah, on top of school, and they, they're they able to go there which, and uh, meet up with their Peter. Which honestly wasn't where I initially thought he was going to be at. I thought I mean, he was going to go to uh, Tony's old cabin. No, I think it makes sense here because he was sitting there with MJ too. And I mean, as Spider-Man, you're you're basically on around buildings all the time. You you you'll probably find as a, a a perfect place you like perching up or a place you prefer like looking at because of the view. You know. And then that's when we get the whole you know um, Peter is introduced to the other Spider-Man. And, you know, they get the whole, with great power comes to your responsibility. He's like, how do you know that? And they reveal that, you know, Ben told them that when they died. So they realize they have something in common with that loved one told them that when they died. When they died. No, like, MCU Peter was very, I don't, he, I don't, I don't, he felt really bad about the situation. Like, the fact that there's two more Peters in his universe and the fact he screwed up. And he's like, this... He's like, look, this is going to be your all's problem. I'm going to hit the button. And they're like, no, don't don't worry about it. We're all here together. We can solve this together. Yeah. I think it's... And then they... Uh... Oh, no, it's really, it was really emotional to me to see... To, like, So I've always been the age that Tom is in his movies, like when I watch them. So like when in Homecoming he yeah. was he was fifteen I was fifteen when I watched that movie, and so it's like, uh, 
I've always kind of been able to identify with Tom, but at the same time, I always grew up with Toby. I always had like uh, his movies on when I was younger. So I always looked up to Toby, but I, I was always able to put myself in Tom's shoes, you know, the mistakes that he would make. I'd be like, yeah, I'd probably make those mistakes too if I were a superhero at, at this point in time, you know? Um, right. So to see Toby on screen talking to Tom and reminding him of uh, why it's important to have empathy was really just like, I, it's just like this beautiful full circle moment for me, like in the theater, you know? Yeah, I also liked how they talked about their, uh, like on there too, how Andrew talked about like, because I, I feel like these are the versions of them after their specific movies, like this Toby post Spider-Man 3, and then that's Andrew post Amazing Spider-Man 2. And, you know, they all talk about how they've lost someone. Like, uh, Andrew talks about how he lost Gwen. And it made it, it was very interesting because he said, uh, you have to, like, you know, have control, have empathy. Because he said, even he started, stopped pulling his yeah, punches. Yeah, exactly. And I, and, like, I, I, sorry. Well, I was going to say the fact that, like, I actually loved Andrews the most because he just outright says, like, after I lost Gwen, I, I, I lost control of myself. And I don't want that to happen to you. Yeah, that and it was I, really just like a really emotional moment to hear that. Yeah, so it makes me think that I mean, there's a theory that's saying that he killed his universe's Green Goblin because uh, of revenge for Gwen. And I would say that would make sense when he said he stopped pulling his punches, and that's why he kind of regrets stop you know he stopped that he stopped pulling his punches because he killed one of his best friends and like the, obviously tom wants to like tom wants osborne dead oh yeah then they all get together and say you know what we we have you know tom tom's in the plan again and they all get together and each kind of like making the cure for their own villains essentially uh, you know, uh, Toby making the goblin cure, saying he had been thinking about it for a while now, which is nice to like hear that he thought about it at, at one point. Uh, you know, uh, Andrew saying that he'll cure lizard and electro. Well, he already made a cure for cars before, so. Yeah, which I think there's an inconsistency with that. Cause I think Gwen made it <laughs> in the Amazing Spider-Man, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> but we'll let that slide, and then um, of course uh. Uh, you know, uh, Tom is helping them with that as well. And this is where, like, a lot of the cute moments start coming off. We're like, oh, hey, you have three Spider-Man now. It definitely was some nice, funny moments. Like, I'm pretty sure they did the meme thing where he's like, hey, Peter. And they all look up like, what? You know, like, oh, the other Peter. Like, this Peter? And they're kind of, like, pointing around, like, which Peter? Kind of like the meme, uh, Peter which is Parker? Funny. We're all Peter Parker. Uh, yeah. That, that was very funny and, and how they talk about which I was hoping they talk about too how they talk about uh, Toby's uh, Spider-Man doesn't have web shooters because they said alright everybody get your web shooters out ready uh, it, th Toby's no. like wait you guys need web shooters like what what are web shooters like yeah you don't have web shooters like no it just shakes it out they're like whoa what is that <laughs> like what the heck what, like, they're like did that come out of you and it, was just, it was a very good scene I just like the whole interaction with these guys in general these they did so well interacting with each other. It was very fun seeing them like have conversations. And 
the thing that kind of hurt was Toby and Andrew talking about, like, that's their love life. Because yeah. they see Tom in his MJ. Uh, yeah, uh, as you, you can see, though, too, that I guess Andrew Spider-Man doesn't really have time for Peter Parker stuff. And he even says it, too, like, I don't have time, really, for most of that stuff. While Toby's makes it work, and he doesn't even, he's not even in his suit normally. It looks like he's maybe, like, doing his Peter Parker stuff, which kind of, it's kind of interesting to see, like, the two, how different they are. Yeah, I think right. he probably started focusing on himself more in his older age. Yeah, like you saw, like you can tell this is probably not even just post Spider Man three, but probably like way past that, maybe a couple years after Spider Man three, I would say. So, fun fact: since we're at this part, and we apparently the the thing that all three of them bonded over on set was trying to use the bathroom in the suit. <laughs> I'm I'm not kidding. They all like they bonded over trying to go in the suit. <laughs> and I think I, mean, I think it was Andrew that had the advantage. Like he had zippers. <laughs> uh, oh, it was just like a tidbit that I saw the other day. And I was like, "That's that's funny." That's, so, uh, why, that's... But uh, they had they all had really good chemistry with each other. Honestly, that's very interesting. Like they, yeah they they worked perfectly together. Honestly, and I think even uh, Andrew had an improv line because you know obviously they get their plan together. They meet up at the Statue of Liberty. You know, to get their plan together, and they have their conversation. Um, you know, uh, and that that one's funny too. Is they talk again? They talk about who they fought. You know, and more they talk more about Toby's web situation. Like, does it like does it come out of like anywhere or like anywhere else? Like, no, he's like, no, just the wrists. And you have Toby kind of pumping up Andrew, which I like too. He's like, no, nah, you know, I'm not that good. And Toby's like, no, no. you know, stop, stop saying you're amazing. That. You're amazing. You know, tell him that. And I. <laughs> I like that too. Uh, I love how Tom and Andrew react. Not Tom. God, I, I get Tom and Toby confused in my head sometimes. God, uh, I love how Toby and Andrew reacted to Tom going to space. Yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> he's like I like the fact that you fought an alien in space. In space. <laughs> uh, but that yeah, that whole scene is still one of my favorites. Also in the movie, just them talk, come, you know conversing about all that it's it's so good and i love tom's plan of how to attract the villains to the statue of liberty which i think getting a captain america shield is kind of a nice touch i will say it's a little irresponsible to purposefully bring them to the statue of liberty you know they're gonna destroy it <laughs> yeah oh yeah no one i get it it represents second chances but they're gonna have to get a second chance at building <laughs> it now <laughs> right <laughs> gonna destroy the whole statue of liberty um but then you know obviously they're playing ready and like i said this is another one of my favorite scenes too they all start swinging towards that i love that because you hear toby's you know iconic his woo when he jumps down they're all just like you know having a fun time swinging around it's so good i I love like i love how tom's plan was just talk going on air on the daily report he's like yeah uh, i have the thing you guys want come to statue of liberty but you won't yeah, and they uh, get in their positions, get ready, and they start the fight. Obviously, the fight doesn't go as well on their first run through because they're not working together as a team. Uh, I think uh, Tom's web uh, hits uh, hits uh, like he puts it out, and then uh, 
Andrew comes by and hits it, or like hits the wire of it, and he kind of like gets smacked out of the way. And Andrew webs Toby's face by accident. <laughs> they all have like you know a hard time working and they together. Have to and once they rally up, too. yeah. I will say that once the fight starts that first time and and andrew starts like quipping and he says hey max missed you man like i was like i'm watching the amazing spider-man he slipped right back into the role yeah he's yeah he it's like he never left it was so good oh yeah that that part killed me he was like yeah he's like, hey max missed you man. he's like you know and the lecture was like man you know you aren't even the shit anymore <laughs> you see i was like oh that that killed me oh my god and then you and it is kind of have to regroup because they don't know what teamwork is yeah and then you know tom tells them about the avengers obviously they're, they're they like that's avengers amazing and Andrew. yeah what is that is that a band um yeah and they you know they talk about teamwork and uh they get it together um and go back out there and get their plan back in motion and they all jump at the same time oh my god yeah that scene is dope just swinging around like that and they're able to get the plan in motion, able to, like, you know, heal Connors. Uh, well, before he heals Connors, um, I think there's a situation where one of the, the, what is it called again? Um, the platforms break and MJ uh, falls. This is also a nice scene. That's a good redemption for Andrew Spider-Man where he, uh, where Tom's about to get her. But Green. Uh, the glider. Yeah, Green Goblin. Uh, comes by and put, grabs Tom, but Andrew's able to still make the save and save MJ. And you can see the emotion in his eyes. I love it too. He's so he, good. Andrew Andrew Garfield's such a good actor. Used, you can see the emotion in his eyes. With that. The difference. He used his feet instead of his webs. Yeah, and he lands uh, lands it. And you see, like I said, you see that emotion. It's good to see. Like he still, you can still see he's kind of like grieving over Gwen, but he's happy that he was able to save someone. You know, like yeah, Andrew's. Sorry, I'm go, go happy on. about that scene, but I also just feel like it's so easy and so like predictable to happen. But at the same time, it's like I don't. It's yeah. whatever. <laughs> it's a comic book movie. Oh yeah. And then obviously, um, I think most of everybody's healed pretty well, much. Heal Electro. I say like Connors. you have, and before that, like you have Electro getting every single like all three of them. Like he could beat, like he could kill all three of them if he wanted to. Yeah, but I mean they're able to heal him, and then I think also we're talking about the reuse scenes where Toby heals Sandman. Obviously, it's a reuse scene from uh, Spider-Man Three because, like I said, the actor couldn't be there. And then obviously when they heal Connors, is also a reuse scene too. Healing when they heal him. And I, I think my favorite interaction out of that entire scene was Toby meeting up with Octavius. Yes, after you know they healed everybody. Oh, that was so good because they were playing the responsibility theme. They were playing Toby's theme, and I was like, yo. Like, I, I, love, I Toby's love when he says so he's and trying to do better. He's, he, yeah, it's, just, he, it's a good callback, too. It's a good callback when he says he's trying to do better. I love that so much. And the fact that, like, Octavius sees Toby all grown up, and oh my god. Yeah, he says, you're older now. He's like, yep, yeah. I knew better. Um, And then, of course, we get another callback, too, with uh, Norman flying in, saying, uh, you know, saying, can the Spider-Man come out to play? Callback to when he said that to Toby on the phone when he captured MJ in the the first Spider-Man movie. And then... And uh, he grabs the box and tries to fly away with it. 
obviously Strange and, and, and the Doc Ock help him pull it back in, but he booby-trapped it with the bomb, and he blew the box up with the spell escaping as well. And, and now, uh, we're kind of in a bad situation. Yep. Uh, multiverse uh, is literally cracking as we speak. Yeah, you do see some, um, some of the figures that are lur- lurking in those portals, you know, in the sky. Um... You, you see, I think Rhino. I saw a figure, a silhouette of Rhino in there. You see a silhouette of Craven. Uh, is it the real Rhino or, like, uh, the mech Rhino? No, the the real Rhino. Okay. And you see, you see a silhouette of Craven too. There's also some other villains that you can see in the silhouettes. But I was able to make out Craven in one of them, which I was like, yo, okay. Um, but, yeah, then it comes down to, the, I guess, the final guy they, they haven't, you know, healed, which is Green Goblin. Tom gets into a fight, and that man is not pulling his punches. He is beating the shit out of him. Uh, I, no, like, Tom literally just wants that fight. Yeah. And he starts fighting him. Start, like I said, he's not pulling his punches. He starts whacking him each punch. And you can hear the thud in those punches. Like, they want you to show... They want to show you that he's not pulling... He's not holding back. And you hear each punch connecting hard as hell. So... That reminds me of a of a, a thing from the Civil War comics. Um, have you guys like looked into like any of those comic issues? Uh, I have not. Uh, what about you, Peyton? No, I have not. So, in in the Civil War comics, um, to like Tony convinces Peter to reveal his secret identity. Oh yeah, but all the villains come for his family. Yeah, I remember um, that actually. Kingpin puts out a hit for Peter. It misses Peter, but it hits Aunt May. Yep, and he threatens to kill Kingpin. Oh, no, he, I, I see this I one. Say yeah. he, says, "I will drown you in web fluid." He, holds uh, he, it to his he mouth goes to the prison where Kingpin is at. He just he takes off. He has the venom suit, by the way. Yeah, and he takes off the suit and just starts. Annihilating Kingpin just as Peter Parker, and he yep. like he was gonna kill Kingpin with Web Fluid. He could, and he says, "But no." And he flies off and says, "If she dies, you die." And the way Peter, like the way Tom was just beating Osborne. It re- you can see in one of the like the ground pounds he does how hard he does like he dents the metal. It rem- on there. it reminds me of that fight in the comics. I wouldn't even call it a fight. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, he he gives uh, Goblin the work, and he's about to end him. He grabs a glider, and is about to stab him with it, but Toby comes in and stops him. You know, looking him in the eyes, some like you know, he basically kind of give him the eyes like, don't do it. You know, it's not worth it. Um, good moment too. Kind of like Toby looking at him, telling him, just like you know, you can already tell he didn't have to say anything. Tom knew, and he put the glider down. But then uh, Toby gets stabbed in the back by Green Goblin. Right, and I, I thought Tom, I thought I thought Toby was gonna die here. The original plan was for him. I heard to for them to kill him off, but they the, he did so well in there. They said they're. That they you know scratched that and they wanted to keep him for like I think it's stuff. it's really good that they didn't kill him off but they still had him get stabbed. Um, yeah. And I also just love the 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 poetry of him 
blocking the glider as opposed to when uh you know he dodged it so that it would uh well just to really get out of the way but it killed norman in yeah. the original movie so i just i like that nice uh nice bit of poetic uh full circle stuff right there and then um and then like uh tom catches the serum yeah they toss it to him and he's able to cure norman he puts that in for... as hard as he can yeah he uh cures norman norman's back to being just norman now no more no more green goblin he's toby's body and he feels so bad about it yeah he doesn't he realizes you know he kind of like what have i done uh, but then we're still having a situation with the multiverse and strange is telling peter he can't hold on for much longer and peter does the most selfless thing you could think of he's like you know obviously people can't forget um i'm spider-man but what if people forget about peter parker entirely yeah entirely and that that says a lot about how far tom has come yeah definitely i think because now i'll go ahead yeah i think i think that this way of ending the movie is just brilliant like it, it perfectly puts tom's peter where he needs to be and it's just kind of like the whole movie been slowly pushing him there and then it perfectly puts him there it's the perfect way to end it off and just the entire movie ending the way it did with tom doing that like doing that version of the spell him saying goodbye to mj and ned and ned yeah. and then going back to the coffee shop the coffee shop and just and he decides not to tell everything them. that that yeah. what like was it was it like 10 fit like 10 five minutes something like that yeah he sees that they're not you know they're doing fine without him and he's like you know what I'm just not going to tell them they're doing better without me. And he decides to leave it like that and go on his own. That span of like five minutes made me, that that alone made me just walk out of the theater and I'm like, damn, that, that, that happened. And yeah, he got his, like I said, I've never seen so, I've never been so happy to see someone suffer as I said, because now he's, now he's Spider-Man. He's alone in the world. He makes his own suit. We see that he makes a new suit. And it, I think it does take inspiration from Toby and Andrews a bit. Um, and you see him uh, web swing into the into the snow and everything. On, it looks like near Christmas. He's spending Christmas alone. Uh, so that, that lines up around St. Thomas Hawkeye too. Yep. And uh, he's swinging into the night and doing a Spider-Man thing. And the movie I ends think it's there. perfect. And... It, it it's yeah and he has that new apartment and everything too yep he has his own apartment new at, at the first very month he has a ged uh book then so it, it looks it makes you realize that he obviously did not finished his senior year so he has to finish that and then he's gonna and this i'm assuming it's gonna transition to him going to empire state for college and that is spider-man no way home yep uh Yep, everybody gets sent back to their own time, you know, universe and including such. Including Eddie Brock. Including, yeah, in the post-credits, uh, you see Eddie Brock there, you know, 
learning about the Hulk, Iron Man, you know, because he's not familiar and with the them. the entire MCU lore. Yeah, and he gets sent back to his dem- uh, his universe, but uh, before he goes, you see on the desk there is a bit of the symbiote on there, and it crawls off. Meaning that Venom is in the MCU still technically. Well, I, I really and like that... Um... Yeah, I, I really find it interesting that now we know that that Venom knows a Peter Parker and yeah. that knows that they're Spider-Man. I mean, obviously in the post-credit scene to Venom 2, he says that guy, right? But it's like, yeah, which which one is it, do you think? I think it's Andrew, probably. Oh, in his universe? I feel like, yeah, Rob. like in his universe, it's probably Andrew's. Because it's the same thing for Morbius, because there's a like a painting of Spider-Man in one of the trailers that says murderer, and we do remember Andrew saying he but pulled his punches. But it's also Toby's suit. I, I don't think Morbius even knows what yeah. universe it's in. Yeah, honestly, so I don't even know what that one is, but I think Venom, if they were to make, let's say, an Amazing Spider-Man 3, I mean, I would be fine with them going, like having a MCU Spider-Man and a Sony Spider-Man, honestly, if they wanted to do it. I mean, it, I mean, at this point, it would work. They would just need to make sure there's clarification. Oh yeah. I mean, but um, everyone would want, want that, it. Yeah. Sony would make so much money off of it. But yeah, other than that, um, at the end of it, we just get a trailer for Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness. Also. Oh my god. Yeah, yes. it's kind of like Back to the Future too, where they just have a trailer as the post-credit scene. Yeah. It, yeah, and dude, that's fine with me. And Sam Raimi is directing that movie. That's gonna be uh, one of the best MCU movies. I'm calling it. I that's what I would say. I was like, I saw Sam Raimi was directing it. That that trailer, you know, usually some of these Marvels movie trailers, they have like that joke in the trailer. This trailer had no joke in the trailer or anything. It was all serious. And oh my, everyone needs to go watch WandaVision before it comes out. Definitely. Yeah, I mean. Definitely. Bond Division, it's not the best show, but it's a good show. I think it's my favorite of the Marvel shows. I would say that or, or Loki yeah. is my favorite. It's one of the, it's the yeah. most fun one to watch. It was the one I looked forward to the most uh, week after week. Also, like, watching WandaVision with you and, like, our friends was a really fun time. Yeah. Seeing everything unravel was very good in that show, like, what's happening. And I love how doctor strange approaches wanda and she thinks that he's gonna talk to him about what happened in wandavision right, westview yeah and, but, but he's like no what do you know about he's the like what do you know about the multiverse and she's like what huh and we we do see a glimpse of evil doctor strange in the in the trailer it's probably the same one from one f2 yeah it's like things just got out of hand i was like oh man i was like what and then also you you see like a bit of America Chavez. Yeah, I saw that. I had to I had to do some uh, research to characters. I'm not too familiar with the Ameri- character, but I saw that. I was like, oh, that's good. I see that they're adding more like you know more of these other Marvel characters in there. And I'm like, she it's was nice actually supposed to be in No Way Home because Multiverse of Madness was originally going to come out first, but it got pushed back, and then yeah. she was going to be the one who opened the portals that allowed uh, Toby and Andrew to come in. But they changed it to Ned interesting yeah hmm. yeah because yeah i remember do yeah multiverse was supposed to come out multiverse mass was supposed to come out first but they didn't push it back they push a lot of the mc movies back um 
Well, I mean, this year anyway, we're getting uh, in May. We're getting Multiverse of Madness. We're getting Black Panther two in like November. I'm calling it now. Black Panther two is getting pushed back. Yeah, I think so too. We haven't seen Again? anything. Yeah, because I mean, I don't know what they're what they're going to do. Cause they said they weren't going to recast Chadwick Boseman, which I think they should. But which, yeah, I don't. I, there's people saying that it would be disrespectful to recast him, but at the same time. It, it's not a bad it's not i don't see it as like disrespectful they're not like they're not like dishonoring him or anything by recasting him it's just in the movie in the scene movie they need a black panther and there's more stories to tell there the when he's around you know yeah so i mean if you can find a good substitute you know for you know him you know another good actor that can do t'challa that'd be good too well, and then what you have Ironheart, what She Hulk coming out, Moon Knight coming out this year I too. Say, I think Ironheart and She Hulk are both going to be series. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, no, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, they're series. Uh, she Hulk's a series. Ironheart. Uh, Armor Wars, I believe, is a series. They got Blade. I don't know if Blade's coming out this year or he was not. Teased in Eternals, but I don't. Right. Which yeah. I haven't seen Eternals, but I am aware of Blade, and that kind of got me excited as well. Uh, Blade is. I don't know if that's gonna be a movie or. You can a show. watch Eternals on Disney Plus on Wednesday. That's true. Oh, I haven't seen Eternals, so I have to see that. Uh, I'm probably gonna be watching Kanto first, because I still haven't seen that. Um, uh, do you guys have any other final thoughts? I think that's um, about it. Good movie, honestly. Yeah, good movie. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot. Kind of makes me excited to see what they do with the multiverse in the MCU. Yeah. Uh, definitely one of the uh, one of the better MCU movies. Um, I think yeah, I'm I'm with you guys. It is a great movie. It is in the upper echelon of MCU movies overall. Um, I think it's actually in like in the top tier. Um, is it my favorite? Oh, it, like it might be. I'd say it's up there for one of my favorite MCU movies. Honestly, I would have to rewatch a couple of them to really decide. But that's all for me, and if you guys are good. Um, Peyton, where can they find you at? Uh, you can find me on TikTok, and you can also find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at PeytonJB. And you can find me on Twitch at KaiBlade13. Oh, oh man, great KaiBlade13. I wonder where he, where he went. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> oh, God, he's still probably doing Oogie Manor. Anyway, uh, thank you for listening to another episode of the Don't Mind Us podcast. We will see you guys next time. Bye. Peace out.